I ain't never been the loudest in the room The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom Don't play yourself, kid, play the system The US government, the largest walking contradiction Listen, if you wanna see impossible, then look at me My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid On the same soil that my grandfathers was walking Know your history Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory a podcast solely focused on amplifying black and indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Well, I am so glad that you were able, Michaela, to listen to some of this uh, Rihanna Fenty music with me. Uh, It seems like a Rihanna-themed day. I don't know if you've been on the interwebs. However, you know, there's a lot of things going around right now about Rihanna. There Uh, there are. Right? There's uh, these alleged... uh, Pregnancy possible moments. Uh, I did not see that one. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, people are talking about um, possibly Rihanna's first child uh, with ASAP Rocky, current boyfriend. Uh, And I think that this comes off of mostly her appearance uh, and what is this whole Barbados uh, getting rid of their major colonizer, Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I don't know mm. if you've seen any of that yet. I've uh, seen that, yes. Right? I haven't been on the socials <laughs> as much today, which is really good. Yes, oh, <laughs> for, for me sure. sometimes because sometimes it's very easy just to get sucked in. Um, but yes, I did see a few more than a few posts about her um, being highly influential and in walking that stage. So, oh um, yeah, congrats and kudos to. Miss Riri. Seriously, yeah. And you know, any moments that you can spend off of social media is a pat on the back, cheers, you know, way to go you (laughs) moment for sure, forever and always. Uh, And yeah, I only saw a few things. I did see her on stage with the new president, apparently, of Barbados. Uh, And so yeah, uh, just off of like the random tense, you know, minutes that I was able to spend on that, the the Twitter hashtag itself, it was crazy just kind of learning that like Barbados has been under uh, the rule of England for like 400 years now uh, and that uh, Mm. Queen Elizabeth still is the leader of about, I don't know, like 10 plus of the colonies um, outside of England. I don't know. It's just a lot like crazy how even to this day, 2021, uh, you know, the original uh, or at least in, you know, the American storyline, uh, the original colonizer, you know, the the, the granddaddy uh, settler, uh, the oh, UK wow. and England itself still has their clutches <laughs> out in the world, uh, <laughs> uh, which kind of cracks me up. <laughs> Anyways, so I guess that's the other part of it is that people were seeing photos of Rihanna up there uh, receiving her nod from the new president of Barbados. Uh claiming Rihanna as like the new national hero or, you know, as a national hero and ambassador to the world. And it's like, go off, Rihanna. Yes. <laughs> well, she does a lot. Like, there's a lot like that might not be spotlighted, but I don't think she necessarily does anything that she does, whether it's for her own country or just helping other countries. She doesn't do it for the spotlight necessarily because she does a lot, like whether it's just giving back and she gets her hands dirty too. Like she'll be in there helping in the slums, build these houses or whatever. So she does a lot. And I think what's so dope is she's like, you're not getting an album until I'm good and ready to release the album. I'm going to make you wait and do whatever I feel like doing. And she's still (laughs) number one. And she is, what, like a billionaire now? So she's doing her thing, yeah. 
She's oh, without goals. a doubt. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do and get this money the way I want to get it and do, help these people. If I want to help these people, it ain't nobody's business what I got going on. Like, yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. One of my favorite tweets was like, I'm going to have to hear about this pregnancy thing directly from Rihanna because people were blowing oh, up about yeah, it. for sure. You know, and yeah, completely. It's like, yeah, girl, like I will only ever trust it coming out of her mouth. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, people will see one photo of one person in one outfit in one moment mm-hmm. and be like, oh, my gosh, secret scandal. Here it is. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, how it goes. Uh, yeah. So She's that was been kinda... with ASAP for a minute now. They're, they're a cute couple, you know, though. They're very right? artsy. I mean, I didn't expect True. it, like, to be, like, for her, for them to be together. And then for for this long, it's like, all right, you go ahead and, you know, do your own thing. Because it's not like they're always in the spotlight either. They just do yeah. what they do. So um, if they do have a baby, congrats to them. That's going to be right? a very, what's the word? I don't know. I just feel like they're both very, like, ASAP's, like, creative. And he's, like, artsy. And he's, like, you know, kind of has his own way of thinking. But he's, like, a little bit of, you know... Thugga Thugga too, which is kind of nice. So, like, and you have Rihanna, which I mean, she's just talk about Thugga Thugga herself. So it's like <laughs> they're gonna have a cute little swaggy baby. <laughs> I'm saying though, oh my gosh, even their uh, their Met Gala thing. I don't know if you saw uh, how like ASAP had that like quilted blanket jacket yes. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And did you see how the designer of it got that like secondhand um, no. at a shop? Okay, so I saw this on Twitter how the designer of that jacket bought that quilt uh, from like a secondhand shop or whatever, like a, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. so then somebody posted a picture and they were like, yo, this is my grandma. My grandma made this blanket. Here's like old photos oh. of it <laughs> on the couch. And then, you know, it was just kind of wild, like connecting those two dots. I don't know oh, if it's full. I full. thought you were saying it was like a meme, like oh, I, somebody put on their grandma's quilt. But no, <laughs> oh, I see that's, that's cool how they got it secondhand. Like, yeah. but that's like a big problem nowadays. Is the world has way too many clothes? Like, there's mm. way too much. Like, it's just being mass produced. Yeah. Every single day, to where it's a very, it's not good for the environment, and so yeah. it, being able to recycle old fabrics, old blankets, old whatever, that's helping our environment. Because yeah. I, I forgot, I don't remember what the number is, but we have enough clothes in our country to last us, like, decades. So if if, if everybody stopped production right now, we'd be okay for decades. Like, that's how much yeah. clothing's in the world. So that's really cool. I believe it. Uh, and then it just, you know, it's kind of inspiring, too, because it's like, who knows whatever, like rugged thing that we put out there well i don't want to say rugged yeah i'm thinking back like early in my career like uh i made something uh super simple and then it got into somebody's hands and it made its way to a thrift shop and then a designer got it and next thing you know it's on the red carpet of the met gala it's like oh my gosh look at that something that i created however many years ago uh went through this entire journey and made its way now into the public spotlight who knows uh Anyways, whenever I see those stories, it always does make me happy because I'm like, all right, girl, there's still a chance for you. Uh, <laughs> you can still make something out here uh, and affect some change. No, Flynn. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so stupid. And the fast fashion itself, just the fact that that is a term that we have in today's world is pretty wild. Just like going into what you're talking about, the fact that like so much stuff gets recycled or not recycled, uh, reproduced. Uh, so quickly over and over mm-hmm. and over 
yeah. with all the trends and the availability to be quote unquote trendy in a visual sense um, mm-hmm. so that you're able to like move along with these waves of quote unquote trends. Yeah. It's, yeah. So then just like the amount of stuff that is created in that entire mm-hmm. process is mind blowing. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, that was a uh, what got uh, me hyped today was <laughs> a little bit of Rihanna after a day's work. Uh, <laughs> you know, the days have been kind of wild lately, and uh, I'm trying to like you know keep mustering up the strength to power through. And uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like it's the moment in uh, that movie Devil Wears Prada. Where like the person is new to the entire company, to the entire storyline of the office, and they just don't know the language of the office and even like the technical skills of like scheduling everything and wiring all the calls through. Like mm-hmm. I am literally Emily from Devil Wears Prada, and it's like the not cute part of the montage where like she's struggling and having a hard time <laughs> and like crying to her boyfriend in her like rugged apartment back home. Except you know I don't have a man, so I just cry to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, and I'm like I understand that hopefully in the future uh, I'll be able to like work my way out into the cute part of the montage where you know I am wearing the Chanel boots and stunting on people in the office <laughs> however I'm in the struggle part of the montage and girl it's a struggle so yeah uh, I had to throw on some uh, old school Rihanna tunes uh, to really get me amped up or you know just to Pumpy like set my little. yeah you know set the heart set free yeah. yeah to like separate <laughs> from work life to like all right girl now we get to just cut up Let's and have go. fun Let's yeah dish. Yep. <laughs> for sure you need that those moments oh yeah you definitely do Whew. that was a good little stopping point <laughs> oh my gosh yes that was a great stopping point well perfect this will give us a moment to introduce our next guest queen yanajaha is a human rights activist national organizer, public speaker, rap artist, and published writer. Born during the American Indian Movement in 1978's The Longest Walk in Washington, D.C., she is Oglala Lakota and African American. Her late mother, an Oglala Lakota Suwanetta Lone Wolf, was a renowned motivational speaker, substance abuse, gang prevention counselor, and healer. Her father, who is African American, is a fine artist. Queen Yanajaha has used entertainment to bring awareness on the condition of oppressed people, whether it's releasing two albums and touring with Wu-Tang Clan, or performing at the annual Gathering of Nations powwow and festival. She walks in many cultural paths. Yanajaha Lone Wolf is a woman with a purpose of promoting love, justice, and equality. She is available for speaking engagements and conducts workshops in many areas, including Native American spirituality, activism, motherhood, social justice, cultural men and women empowerment, youth leadership, domestic violence, connecting with Mother Earth spiritual retreats, and entertainment. Uh, You can reach out to her for booking and interview inquiries. However, we get the blessing of having her in our presence here today, and we're so looking forward to it. Cool. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hit it. All right. Well, dope. Oh, my gosh. Here we are with our guest today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Beep, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> there. I gotta give it, give one of those. I was waiting on that air horn, Michaela. <laughs> it doesn't even do one. it justice. 
<laughs> no justice. You got it though. I don't uh, think you you introduce a queen with you your you with, my, with my sound with my you horn. But that's I all I got. To like that, you got to break them off, right? Okay, so you let me, Michaela. You, you let's just, let's allow a queen to introduce a queen, please. Yes, come She's on. She's the queen. <laughs> yes, I'll hit my African dance section here in a moment. If I had those pipes, production. I would have threw that out, threw that song out there. But anyway, yes, we have the one and only Queen Yanajaha. So the way we do it here is we allow you, we allow you for us to put some respect on your name. Like we want you Aww. to tell us who are you. Yes. Well, Patu Washte. My name is Yanajaha Lone Wolf. I am a proud Ogallala Lakota Native American. Uh, and Black woman, um, and I'm from everywhere, Pine Ridge, Arizona. I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, and I am a national community organizer, an activist, a woman behind many, many movements, um, an author, and um, so much other things. Like, I've just done so much. Yeah, and I just <laughs> recently got... My first day, Queen Yanajaha Appreciation Day in the city of South Fulton. I so see I'm that. so I'm so excited. So yeah. And in the words of my son, my son says, Well, my mom is verified, so she's somebody. So I'm verified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somebody. But I always say I was verified by the people before social media verified me. So thank you all so much for finally coming on here. Yeah. This is really great. Oh my gosh, I love the pre-blue check that you let people know. You know, I was verified by the people. This comes from the blood. Uh, <laughs> like it may be present on my profile. Yeah, I just want you to know. Uh, right, right. <laughs> it's right. for time. Yeah, time of memorial. No plan. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. How brilliant. I love that you said that you're from everywhere. Uh, yeah. what what really brings that out in you? Uh, that you you feel so strong in that. You know, my mother was a part of the American Indian movement, Juanetta Lone Wolf, and I was born during the Longest Walk, which was a protest from Alcatraz, San Francisco to Washington, D.C. And I was the only girl born during that Longest Walk. And um, and so I actually was born in D.C. when it got to D.C. <laughs> so, so I'm not like so I was born in D.C. during a march. So I literally was born with my fist up. Um, my mother, she was she used to work for Muhammad Ali. So we lived in a lot of places. And then she was also on the run from the feds. Um, they wanted her to be an informant. So we lived everywhere. So that's why we say I lived everywhere. And um, from the barrios to the res to the hood, like I lived everywhere. But predominantly of my life has been um, Arizona, Chicago, the DMV area in New York. So that has been like, you know, and, and Pine Ridge, South Dakota as well. So wow. that has been the most of my life. Yeah. That's absolutely Jeez. brilliant. It yeah, makes yeah. me curious too, just how it informs your life and the way that you approach so many things. We had a guest, Ty Simpson, who is amazing. And one of the things that oh we Oh my God, I love her. <laughs> right. we, love, we love us right. some Ty. You know, just take a moment. Shout out Ty. Yes. Uh, yes. I, was, I was mentoring her for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I met her when she was like, goodness, like 17 years old or something. And she came up to me at the Gathering of Nations and she was like, oh my God, you're Black and Native. I'm Black and Native. And like, we just connected. And I was like, whatever it is that you need anyone to talk to, to help you in your development of being the leader, I'm always here. And just seeing her where she is at now, I'm so proud of her. 
I'm so proud of her. Without a doubt. It's absolutely amazing. And yeah. it's so cool too, that she was able to share that she spent a lot of, uh, time abroad as well uh growing yeah. up in in different complete cultures really you know and how that comes back to applying to the way that she walks in america today um you yeah. know and not even I, oh, I don't even like calling it america you know in our people's homelands prior yeah. to contact you know these are our homelands uh you know yet coming back and walking in the system that is established today uh, yes. And just how it really shapes the way that she approaches things. And so it's very interesting to hear how you talk about that. And I, it just makes me very curious how all of that kind of works and plays into how you approach your days. You know, I think that um, it, it does. I, I really feel that every tr every path that we go down is all preparation for your purpose. And I really feel that at the age of 43, I'm in my purpose. I feel that I have accomplished many things within my purpose in regards to bridging and uniting people from various walks of life. And it all has, goes down to all of the places. And I've been, uh, you know, I've been around, um, I've been around many reservations. You know, we have over 500 Native American tribes here in the United States, but I've been blessed to go to so many people's nations and to be able to learn and to sit back and just be a student and understand like the similarities and the differences of all of the various tribes. And then to really, to you know, to really have an understanding that we're not monolithic people. And then also too, you know, growing up in Arizona, you know, being around a lot of Mexicans, I grew up around a lot of Mexicans and understanding that. And then here in Atlanta, there's a lot of indigenous people from Latin South America. And then, uh, you know, and then organizing in Florida and Miami and learning about the Caribbean, the Cubans and Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and understanding that even as Latino people, they're not monolithic people either. And to understand all of that beautiful diversity and the connections and then uh, and then black American being black as well. You know, West, those those that are black from Compton doesn't have the same story as those that are from Harlem. And or those that's from, you know, in Dade County or Broward County in, in Florida or, you know, or here in the Bluff in Atlanta, Georgia, or, you know, or even in Seattle, Washington, you know, everyone, every black experience is different depending on the environment that they are, that they came from and also the history of black people in that region or in that state. So it all, I, I really love the fact that I've lived everywhere, even though it was under crazy circumstances of my mother running from the feds and <laughs> and then you know, you know casual, casual <laughs> I'm still you know? I'm still kind of reeling over all of that I'm like Whoo. I know yeah. it's like her life's a movie so I mean I'm if you need someone though. to produce that I mean don't look Whew. at me but I mean I'd watch it <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it now as a matter of fact I'm working on I'm, I'm working yes. on a pitch right now for my mother's wow. story uh, to pitch it to some major um, film houses uh, on my mother's story because it needs to be told. And, and it's not, you know, her being Native American and, and her too, you know, was like all of like, when you know, you all see the pictures of Muhammad Ali and all these celebrities at the longest walk or around Native Americans. That was my mother that organized all of that. You know, um, mm -hmm. when you're seeing all like the pushing who we are as Native people forward in, in media, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> so good. Uh, you're good. I apologize. Someone's calling me. I forgot I have another interview and I totally forgot. So, um, but. <laughs> Come on, book. <laughs> <Yeah. I know. laughs> 
Y'all are lucky. But, y'all um, getting the exclusive now. Exactly. Understand this. <laughs> I mean, I we think, are. We are getting the exclusive. Please. Yes. Yes. So I think that, like, um, you know, with my mother just being just who she was and pushing and and breaking in so many doors for Native Americans' presence amongst, you know, especially in Hollywood and amongst these these greats, you know, that she did, um, and she. You know, I, her story just needs to be told. So I'm really, I'm really working on her turning her memoir. Her memoir is not published, um, but I have her memoir um, into a motion picture. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing! Amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that you're working on, and I'm very eager to see that, see that, see that, see that, see through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess along with that, how do you balance carrying that torch of reclamation, and of course, also honoring your mom as well, but um, and maintaining a good sense of mental health? Because I know I think that's really hard, and that's what we were talking to Ty about as well. As James Baldwin put it, he needed an elsewhere. And that was kind of, you know, with Ty being away, that was somewhat of her elsewhere in a sense. And, um, just kind of, you know, sometimes it just gets really draining, you know, having to wake up every day and want better, but not being in ultimate control of that, but also maintaining yourself, your family, your health. Um, how do you, how do you do that? Um, I would say that, you know, my mother, I mean, you know, my mother, before she passed away, she was a counselor. She was, a, she actually would help youth, um, you know, get out of gangs. And she would also help a lot of Native Americans out of alcoholism and, um, and drugs. And she had, a, or she was working with Native Connections. Um, at the time it was called Indian Rehabilitation Center, but in Phoenix, Arizona, it's now called Native Connections. It's one of the largest rehabilitation centers for Native Americans in the Southwest. And so she helped build that with Didi Yazi. So I was around, I was just talking to my my friend that I call my cousin. I was like, you know, we grew up with mothers that were counselors. Everything was a therapy session for us growing up <laughs> because like my mother, with her being in that line of work of like working with youth and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, everything was like, every time I got in trouble, it was like a whole village of women that would just come, like that was her friends. Mm-hmm. I, I literally was raise in it takes a village to raise a child like I literally was raised in that type of environment like so anytime like let's say I was supposed to get in the house at midnight and I got in at one now I'm on punishment it wasn't just like my mother was like okay you're on punishment I'm just gonna talk to you no it was a Sunday meeting with everyone coming like (laughs) like 20 people coming to the house with me and my friends and talking about the value of time and talking about does young ladies should be out this late and I mean it was just like a whole talking circle with the sage and songs and every that was how my (laughs) that's how it was for me growing up and so Yeah. We're both like fully, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Who can't yeah. see our, yeah, just like so in it right now. Please. <laughs> yes. So that's how it was. And 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 me and my me and my cousin was just talking about like that was that normal? Like, was that was that nor like and I was like, how did that affect us today? You yeah. know, and what how that was was it's that self-accusing spirit. We it made us more self-aware. Because we realize that our actions have repercussions to an entire community, to an entire family of people that will help raising us. As all of these single mothers and single fathers or divorced or whatever, 
you know, they all, it wasn't just like we let our mothers down. It was like we let all of our aunties and their friends and everyone down when we did something wrong. So it made us more self-aware. Um, so in, in being raised like that, I always, I'm very big on if I feel like I hurt someone or whatever, I'm like, what did I do wrong? What did I, cause I'm not, I'm not in that. I'm sorry. Someone's he's calling me again. I apologize. I'm not in that, um, in that environment anymore of like everyone's coming over and all of that stuff. But I do mm-hmm. have an amazing group of friends that I reach out to and I'm like, okay, FaceTime, you know, let's all FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go through this text message. What did I say wrong? What should I have done? Da, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that was always a huge, for me, it was always very self-aware. Like I'm, I was raised to be very self-aware and be responsible. Um, I have to be responsible for my actions because it affected just not my home, but it affected everyone on, you know, um, outside of my home in regards to, um, there, like in regards to that self-healing and therapy and all of that, I think that because my mother was a counselor and she was, you know, I, I have a lot of those, those things of what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I went to a therapist and my therapist was all like, you already know what to do. And I was like, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. I was, <laughs> yeah. she was all like, she's like, I'm just basically here for just to hear you out. Like you already mm-hmm. know what to do. Like you already know the journal, you already know to go outside, you already mm-hmm. know the detox, you know? And I think that that was a thing, like I was raised in that type of environment. So most of the time I, I, I think that's the beautiful part of us being also Native American and having those traditional ways in regards to connecting back to land, where we're connecting back to these ceremonies, connecting back to, you know, to the land to be able to like detox. Like we really know how to be able to lock in in our prayers and lock in with the land to be able to do that, you know. And I think that that's like something that I always go to this prayer and um and, and I just take walks. I go to, you know, I'm in Georgia. So I, I go to the rivers and the trees and, you know, it's something that's going to be able to kind of ground me again. And then social mm-hmm. media fasting. Like, oh, I yeah. think yeah. like fasting from social media is really, really key, you know, to just like, I just need to get off for like five days just because, mm-hmm. you know, just to reconnect back to this, the rea- the reality we live in and not the the um, virtual reality, you know, and my son is like on this Oculus will be here punching the air. He's in virtual reality <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's on my bucket list. I still haven't tried that yet, but it looks oh really cool. Oh my God, <laughs> it is the scariest thing. It is so scary. It's so scary. Of how realistic I, it is. Oh my God. Like you could literally like, like yesterday I was feeling a certain way. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to India, you know, and I'll put on the... <laughs> I put on the Oculus glasses. I was like, oh my God, I'm literally in India. Like, this is scary. Yo, it is so freaking scary. And then like, when you're in the VR chat, you're like, all these people are avatars. So they're like all running into the walls. Mm -hmm. They're all like doing weird maneuvers like this. (laughs) We're all trying trying to figure out how to play this thing. Like none of us know how to play this thing. And so when you go in and see other, like other players, they're all like running in the walls and looking like (laughs) weird Roblox. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like I was standing, I was standing overlooking a city and this, 
this little girl comes running behind me. She's like running really, really fast. I was like, <laughs> just like, get out. She's just like, oh my God. So Full sprint right at av- you. It was, a, yeah. it was an avatar. So it was the weirdest thing. And she goes, hi. Like she puts her hands up, hi. And then she, and then she runs away. I was like, what is, what wow. world am I in right now? <laughs> and that's crazy because so I, I don't feel oh. like old. Like when you hear like, you know, go back in my day. It's like, I'm at that point in my life now where it's like, we didn't have this as a kid. Like, I don't know what my kids are going to grow up to be in the future, but you know, it's going to be a whole nother experience. <laughs> it's the most scariest thing. And then I, I just saw like you could buy, uh, you can now buy real estate, you know, in virtual reality. Like they're buying homes. And I'm wow. like, how are they buying homes? We can barely walk straight. We're walking into walls. How is people buying homes? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Oh my gosh. And then it gets charted in the space, like in the virtual yes. space, your property does. Yes. And people have to maneuver yes. around it. Yep. Oh my like, god. You seen the movie Ready wow. Player One? Ready no, Player One. Oh, you uh, all gotta see the movie. So it's okay. basically Ready Player One is exactly that. They live in a virtual world, but the world of the reality around them is like a apocalyptic like post-apocalyptic horrible conditions but yeah. they're all surviving in virtual reality and the people that are rich are those that get on this stuff early yeah. always yeah. you know <laughs> the world's gonna always. flood these people have the one arc you know yeah. The yeah, comet exactly. is coming. These people have the one bunker, you know. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's the same setup. I'm just playing. Same thing. Same thing. But yeah, uh, get on it, Michaela, so we could get so we could play and run into walls together. I'm gonna have to. You got my mind. I can make a little coin on the side while I'm in India, while I'm getting a workout in, while you know, <laughs> might have to be a good investment. <laughs> it, it is. It really is. And Target Don't has a great sell on it right now. Target has oh. a really great sale. I got it for like two hundred dollars. I love and some Target. Yeah, I we swear I'm Target. there like every other day. <laughs> yeah. <It's back. laughs> yeah, we love Target. Target is like the best. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was interesting too how you mentioned connection to the land because that actually kind of mm-hmm. came up in our last episode. I talked about how it was like June of 2020. You know, Mm -hmm. so just a few months into our lockdown, our quarantine, and we saw everything that was being magnified, you know, our reality um, as it was magnified and conversation amplified, right? Uh, And one of the things that I mentioned was the fact that I physically had to go to the mountains and I spent about nine or 10 days in the mountains, completely away Mm -hmm. from my phone, all cell service, all, all of it, even the pressure, the the intangible things that you don't see mm-hmm. on a phone screen. You know, it's just the inside pressures that we feel when others around us are being vocal or when they're not, or when they're saying crazy, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and so it's so beautiful that you mentioned all of those factors, uh, the the fasting from social media to get out of the virtual reality and into one's actual reality, key. Yes. And then yes. to the connection to land and uh, how it is a privilege in that way to have a connection to a tradition or a way of thinking, a way of communing uh, with mm-hmm. energies outside of our human self uh, based on, you know, this knowledge and these bloodlines that came down to us. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it's so beautiful that you mentioned all of that. I just got chills recounting it. Uh, <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it's important. Saying, so amazing. Yeah, it's so important. Like when I got diagnosed with lung cancer last um, May, 
I, you know, I was like, I cannot be on the front line anymore protesting. Um, and this was the height of COVID, you know, George Floyd just happened. Ahmaud Arbery just happened. Um, I just organized in less than 24 hours. Michaela knows how much of an organizer I am. I organized. That's an so understatement. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like, so I organized in 24 hours, a pro um, a protest in solidarity for George Floyd in Atlanta, Georgia. That was actually the same day that I found out I got angiocarcinoma, lung cancer. And I was just like, oh my God. And I was like, but I have to go down to see, I can't think about this right now. I have to go down to the CNN building. There's over 30,000 people waiting for me. And so um, I put some of my friends as the face, like I'm real, I'm, I'm not like big on mic like me having to be the face of stuff. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. here, you be the, you know, you do the news, you do all of that, you do, you know, and because I wasn't in that place and then it turned into a riot. And um, at the CNN building, I don't know if you guys remember seeing that. On, I mean, everywhere was a riot at that time, but Rashard Brooks ended up getting murdered like a week later, um, right after that. And so I was like in heavy organizing mode and I needed to be like um, in the streets but that was an opportunity for me to be able to take give the baton to so many younger people and was like, you know what? I help you all organize from my bed. You know, I don't have to be out there, but I needed to think of a way to be able to like, okay, how can I help our people without having to, you know, as you all know, when you are helping people, you 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 do have to try to figure out ways to keep your frequency high. You do have to figure out ways when someone is telling you that my child just got murdered by police, you do have to be able to like have um, empathy for them. And, you know, I'm saying and that taking everything in and not taking it home with you. But it's Mm -hmm. very, very difficult when you're so connected with people and with, you know, and so I was like, okay, in order for me to I'm dealing with this cancer and it's going to be a lot of mental and I and 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 I have to be very mindful on what I'm bringing into my body spiritually, you know, emotionally. And I was just like, I have to, um, I got to figure out something else. Like because if not, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get sick. I'm really gonna get sick with all of this download of emotions, of pain, of trauma, and everything. And um, I started Revolutionary Healing, mm-hmm. and Revolutionary Healing is on the third Sunday of every month. In Georgia, you all need to come. And Kelly, you know, I've been wanting you to come for me. I minute. know, I need to come down. <laughs> I need an excuse. I literally hit Kelly up, Kelly, what are you doing tomorrow? Let's go to Atlanta. Like, <laughs> literally, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so, on my laptop, like, mm, I, I can swing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, go to Skip, Skip Lag. Skip Lag is the best site for all oh, your okay. tickets. Yes. But uh, but the next one's in January. But on the third Sunday of every month, I do an outdoor uh, healing session. And we have like five presenters. No one knows who the presenters are going to be until you come. It could be yoga, meditation, how to start your own business. Um, it could be about people sharing their testimony and how that could, you know, just... Uh, how to make plant-based foods on a on a budget you know it's very hands-on I make sure that people are not coming to just lecture but they actually are there to be able to you're actually engaging and um and it's been about it's been a year it's been a year in two months that we, that revolutionary healing's been happening um last month I did my friendsgiving every year I do a friendsgiving this is my second one 
And it was on November 21st. It's like, it's Native American Heritage Month. I got the city of South Fulton to sponsor it. And um, that's where I had like performances and vendors and, and it was just lit. It was so dope. Like, and then people are like, you know, we're teaching them about the real Thanksgiving and, and this Friendsgiving of how, you know, we're transforming this. This is our, this is our time to come together. And especially as you all know, during the holidays, a lot of people don't, can't go home or they don't have a family or whatever reasons. And so I wanted to do something where, we're having a really nice environment of people learning, being inspired, empowered, and educated, you know, and revolutionary healing has been my new front line um, because mm-hmm. self-improvement is the basis of community development. Self-improvement is the basis of community development. We constantly mm-hmm. point our fingers at it and like, you did, they did this, they did this, For but sure. we're not really acknowledging ways of ourselves. Like, how can I improve? Because I always say charity starts at home. If you are not right, no one in your house is going to be right. Yeah. If I'm not <laughs> right, my son is not going to be right. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be able to give him my 100% on making sure he is developing into a good man, you know, or a good person, you know? And so it all goes down to how we are. And so um, that's what revolutionary healing is about. So I always pick a new location. It's fun. And we're always outside. We're always outside. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Kellen, you're going to have to get over here so we can go. <laughs> I'm really excited because I see, I see it every time you <laughs> post and I'm like, yeah. I kind of want to see what this is about. I want to go down there and see. Cause then the last um, revolution hearing healing you had, that was huge. Obviously. I mean, you got your own day. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that was, and that was a surprise. Day. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, Oh my God. Cause I thought they was just going to like, you know, just acknowledge revolutionary hill. And they was like, no, they was like, we want to proclaim November 21st, Queen Yanajah appreciation day. I was like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So, but March we're going to Panama. So Ooh. I'll be posting that very, very soon. It's first come first serve. It's the first 10 people. It's only 10 people. We're going, I partnered wow. with native, native like water, who is Mark, uh, Mark Chavez. He has a great, program called native like water and we partnered with them um to go down to panama so we're going down to panama we're going to meet with some of the indigenous people on the reservations in panama as well as the black community there just bridging that black and red you know connection Mm -hmm. so i'm really excited about us going to panama so we're doing that in march i'm gonna set my alarm (laughs) make sure i'm in line But yes, and so also just kind of quick side shift. This is just something I'm personally kind of interested in. You Mm -hmm. are the adopted, is it daughter of Louis Farrakhan? The Louis Farrakhan. So I was just kind of curious, how has he influenced your life, not only in activism and spirituality, just but in your life in general? You know, um, he has in everything, everything. Mm -hmm. You know, what's so crazy. I get hit up like, okay. I get hit up all the time in regards to like, oh my God, so are you anti-Semitic? Like I just got like, I, someone just had me do a speaking thing and they hit me up and was like, um, I know we just paid you, but, um, and I was like, are they about to ask for money back? <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, do you, are you, um, are you anti-Semitic? Are you, do you, are you against the LGBTQIA community? 
And I'm like, no. And my grandfather isn't either. Like mm-hmm. everyone in our, everything in our family, everything of the world is in our family. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we have, we have um, my cousin, she's gay. My other cousin is transgender. Like we have everything in our family. You know, we have white folks in our family. <laughs> we have <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> <laughs> we have white folks in our family. <laughs> yep, I make sure to say that too, because I'm like, you know, it's the truth. Like yep. <laughs> <laughs> we love them. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, yeah, like, yes. And we love, we love them all. Like yes, we have yes. Asian, we have Navajos in our family. We have like, we have every one of the world, uh, Maui, you know, I mean, literally African from, we have a huge, huge family. So we do have like, everyone has married someone from Mm -hmm. various parts of the world, you know, and then as well as whatever, whatever um, they acknowledge themselves as, is, you know, he, she, what they, whatever, that's all in our family. And so my grandfather, I have seen him love people genuinely, you know, and, and the way that I organize the way if I mean, if anyone that knows me and knows how big my heart is, I've learned that from the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan. And mm-hmm. if you're like, oh, but he hates, 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 then you may think that I, I, I no one has, anyone that's been around me, they're like, no, Yanajah loves so many people. She goes out for so many. That's because I learned it from the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan. His mm-hmm. heart and his love for the people is so amazing. And of course, he hates evil. Who else doesn't hate evil? Like, we don't like greed. We don't like things that are trying to oppress our people, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, and I fight for that too, you know? So I've learned, I, I, I love him so much. Like, I really, really do. And I'm very blessed that he... Um, came into me and my brother's life when my mother was in prison, and um, and he was like, "I'm I'm taking the children because we could have been in the system, you know. Mm-hmm. When my mother went to prison, we could have been in the in the foster care system, but he was like, "No, I'm taking the children." And it was a culture shock for me and my brother, you know, to learn about Islam and and to learn that the whole way of life and all of that. But it wasn't that it wasn't that too much of a culture shock because we. I had an amazing childhood, you know, living in Chicago with him. You know, we had like so much fun. Uh, and uh, so it was great. You know, I learned also learned how to play the violin. He taught me how to play the violin. I don't know how to play yeah. anymore today, but he did teach mm-hmm. me how to play the violin. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And talents. <laughs> and yeah. Like, seriously, just the breadth of knowledge, you know, it's so mm-hmm. widespread. It's so amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna read your book, shoot, Autobi- autobiography you. of your mom. Right. <laughs> you know, and as soon as that motion picture of your mom comes out, we'll buy the tickets. You know, we'll be there too. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's just there's so much streaming numbers. There's so much yeah. to your life, and just to you and your people, your love, like literally all of you. You know, there's so yeah. much to it. To where it's like you could sit and probably talk for days. You know, yeah. so we're all ears, and we're definitely honored, Thank very you. honored to have you. Very Thank much you. so. Very much so. Yeah, it's it's a it's a blessing. I think that like you know, um, I feel like growing up for me and my cousins, you know, it was just really, um, especially in the height of Minister Farrakhan and of the Malcolm X thing and all of that. It was, you know, we always was just like 
constantly defending him, you know what I'm saying? Because it was like, that's not who he is, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, and, and even today I get a lot of like hate and memes and everything. And it's, it's like before social media, I was built for it. Oh, like, yeah. you know, like before I'm like, man, I was built like not just, not just the Farrakhan thing, but just even me being black and native, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just that con- I'm awesome. I'm constantly dragged on through bots on cyber and on in the media you know social media but I'm like I I was dragged when I was younger so it doesn't even I'm built for this (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow well thank you for mentioning that too because that is kind of something that we're these are new waters for us you know we took the step of coming together and documenting our conversations before this podcast Michaela and I really didn't really know each other Uh, You know, we come from the same tribe, our mothers are from the same reservation, yet we didn't really know each other. And so a lot of this is us learning about one another while we also get to reach out and learn stories of other Black natives, right? Yeah. Uh, And as we're infusing our thoughts on current politics, on actual histories rather than the farces that we've been taught, all of these things, um, it's becoming very aware or at least for myself, I don't want to speak for Michaela. Like I'm starting to become very aware of what I say too, because uh, just also just the thoughts of the internet world, you know, like what we are saying is now going to be out there. Um, And I always try to emphasize like, this is an evolving conversation. You know, what I may have said in episode two may not be the same as episode 19, you know? And he brings that out after me because I'm the opposite. I'm just like, I just go off and he just like, not everybody know, you know, we're not always right. (laughs) This is a cute little disclaimer. My yay, my radical yay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I went on like a three minute rant at the end of last week's episode. And as soon as Uh, we got off of the recording, I did the exact opposite in my life. And I was like, look at me, McKay just like on here talking about all this stuff and I can't even apply it to my own life like girl get uh, however getting to uh just you being in so many situations with so many outspoken and well-spoken and um wide reaching voices you know just how how you navigate these spaces and I don't know I, I don't want to say advice because that sounds crazy yeah if there are just any sh- stories to share um to empower or hopefully encourage um, those of us who want to continue to grow in in our in our activism, in our understanding of our histories and how we speak through it. Um, you know, because I'm sure uh, a 1978 speech isn't the same as a 1983 speech from the same person. Is not You're the right. same as a 1996 speech from a person. You know, so yeah, yeah oh. you're right. I think that. Um... I think being black and black and native for me, you know, and also too, I think a conversation we need to have as, as black natives is that we're also not monolithic, you know, um, that we all have various experiences. And, and I learned that like for me growing up in South Dakota, you know, there wasn't a lot of black and Ogallalas, like seriously, like, you know, let alone black people, period, in South, who's going to South Dakota? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what black folks are going to, like, you really had to either be on the run from the feds, or you had to be in the Army Corps or something, you know, to go to South Dakota. But it wasn't no blacks like that in South Dakota. So in regards to the level of, well, my family is such a, like, my my family is so about it. Like, my family 
is some straight up gangsters. Like, like shout out to the lone wolves and the poor bears and the shangrus. Like, come on, just yeah, the curries. Like, they off the chain. Like, they so they always defended me. But I did deal with discrimination. I did deal with like, um, you know, just a, the N word was constant. You know, for me growing up. And now, mind you, I'm forty three. So. Um, my mother in our way, and I don't know how it is in your tribal way, but in our way, we are what our mother is. And so, you know, my mother made the decision because look at how beautiful, melanated, dark I am. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like she, she had really had no, I mean, I don't think she, I think she loved my father so much that she was like, and she loved black people so much that she was like, you know what, I'm going to raise her to be strong in who she is as an Ogallala, but I'm also going to make sure there's a lot of Black people around her to teach her how to be a Black woman. My mother knew that she could not teach me how to be a Black woman. She knew that she could teach me how to be an Ogallala woman, a Lakota woman, a Native woman, but in regards to my Blackness, she could not teach me how to be Black. She could only have me around Black people, Black experiences. She knew I was going to live the Black experience just because of the color of my skin, the difference of my my hair, everything in regards to being an Ogallala Lakota woman. So she really, for me growing up, it was like, okay, you're going to learn how to fancy, but you're also going to learn also how to African dance. And you're not only going to learn how to African dance, but you're also going to learn about the various tribes of Africa. And you're going to also learn Swahili and learn various languages. And then you're going to learn about not just who we are as as Ogallala, but we're in Arizona. So you're going to learn about the Dene people, the Hopi people, the Apache people, the Supais. Like like my mother was like, you're going to learn. And then you're going to learn about (laughs) all of the people in Mexico and South America and Australia. And you know what I'm saying? So my mother was very worldly. She really believed in our teachings of the four directions. You know, we always say, we always talk as Native people that <laughs> we believe in that medicine wheel in the four directions, but for some reason, some, we deny the Black in that medicine wheel. We deny the Asians in that medicine wheel. We deny, we deny the whites in that medicine wheel. Like every of the four directions of the people in those colors, and that we're supposed to honor all of the people in that medicine wheel, but we are not honoring, especially the blackness, the black, the black people in that medicine wheel. And that is just through colonialism. We have to be able to break away. So we can't say, oh, decolonize. But then when a black person comes and wants to go to sweat, you deny them or they want to come in the circle, you deny them or you, they want to learn the song, you deny them. What? Mm-hmm. But you deny the washitu or the white person that comes, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we have to really I, I feel that like my mother created these type of conversations within the black and native and Latino community and the white community. And she used to always have everyone come together to have these uncomfortable conversations. She passed away in 2003. But that is something that uh, and Michaela knows that I'm always pushing. I'm always pushing like to have like get OK. We need to be talking about what's happening in Brazil. We need to be what's going on mm-hmm. in Canada. What's going on over here? Like we need to have these, you know, know that 
all indigenous people of the world, and especially of us being Native Americans, that a lot of indigenous people of the world, even in Africa, in South America, they too have a similar teachings of this medicine wheel, of that how we're all connected. You know, we saw in the Lion King, it's the circle of life. Like, you know. It's in all in all of our indigenous teachings that we all know who each other is. We respect one another. We complement one another. We 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 come we come and we trade with one another. This is all before Columbus. We all knew each other way before Columbus because it's all in our ancient teachings, you know. And so I think that. I know I'm gone on a tangent. I was trying to go back to your question. But the thing is, <laughs> but the thing is, is that all of that is the reason why today I think that um as being being black and native, I don't see um I understand the difference, but I also love our similarities. And then I'm able to see our similarities with everyone else in their tribes and in their nations and their race of people, you know, because of the fact that I was forced to see our similarities. When I was on, when I was on the res and Pine Ridge, I was like, man, this looks like Southside Phoenix, or this looks like South Central, you know what I'm saying? Certain parts, like I always, cause I needed to have an understanding of these road, this road that I'm on, I'm on, I'm, I'm living to both. All of us are on these two roads that we're trying to balance between mm-hmm. two nations of people. So the best way for me was to see our similarities in order for me to be able to navigate and balance. So when I'm in and when I'm going to conscious black events and they're wanting me to speak about being Native American, I'm able to coincide that with, you know, the African teachings, you know, so my advice is for everyone to learn about not just who you are in as a tribe, as a Native American tribe, but learn about all of the Native American tribes and learn about all the African tribes and then you begin to start seeing yourself or seeing these similarities in the South American, Latin American, Aboriginal and Africa, I mean, Aboriginal and Australia, the Maui people, you know, all the way to even I went to, I was on this show um, that aired in Sweden. I didn't go to Sweden, but they came out and um, interviewed me and they met, introduced me to a, a indigenous sister from Sweden and uh, she's from the Sami tribe. The Sami people is exactly if y'all if you see Frozen Two, that's okay, where, yeah. yeah, that's that's uh, the Sami people. I'm playing. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Except like three octaves higher. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was depicted off of the Sami people. You know how people was all like, "Oh, they're taking Native American indigenous." That that just goes to show how close minded. We are, if we thought that that was Native American, no, that was indigenous Sami people. So I met with her and I was like, yo, you look like one of my cousins. Like you look like you could be, she told me about the, their, their, um, their creation story. 
She told me about how they were moved and take and moved up in the mountains and their land was taken. And the people in Switzerland were the colonizers that was coming in to take that land. And they'd all live. They have the reindeer, like exactly like Frozen 2. Like I was like, oh, snap. Like you're right. like the real life. <laughs> They're like real life Elsa. Elsa, like right. I'm losing her right now. Like it was. I was like, wow, Me? this is so dope. No That's a no plan. Oh, that lady. Yeah. I was like, ooh, oh, I got so confused there for a second. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, you, yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. you did. You did. You were. You there. You met her, or you know. Yeah, I was all like, oh my god, like you guys are like real people. Like, it, but it was so dope to like to know about. Like, I was like, wow, there's also indigenous people that are in England, in Europe, that we don't also like. They too. Like if you're white and you're listening to this, learn who your people are in Europe. Learn that every everybody has, you know, has certain foods, have a culture. So when white folks be like, oh, I don't got no culture. You do. You need to know and go back to your roots and find out what that culture is. You know, all of all of us all have culture. And so I think that it's important for us to not we were forced to look at everything as black and white. And we have to get out of that, you know, we're, we have to get out of that black and white thinking that everything is just black and white. It is what it is. And it's not. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, I was Fairly tuned big. in the whole time. Right? <laughs> and so it just kind of goes field. to show like, you know, knowledge literally is power. You know what uh, I mean? Like, yes. that's what I got from all of that to where this whole interview is like, you know, wake up and pay attention the way you need to, as opposed to how the society is telling you to, you know, so, which is a whole nother episode, but yeah. yeah, And um, and then, and then traveling, get out of your box, get out mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. We're going to Panama in March, y'all. If y'all want to come, speak like, that into existence. Know, I'm right? going yes. to Panama at the end of March, everyone. So if I miss an yes. episode or two, you know, oh, <laughs> you come know on. where I'm at. We're oh, going to well, Panama. I don't want to miss. I'm like, maybe this is a quantum theory Panama edition. <laughs> yes. And I think because even when I went to, Co I went to Costa Rica for the first time in um, last February. And, even, and I went and met with the indigenous tribe in Costa Rica. And I saw the black sand and I learned about, the, I met with people that, that Marcus Garvey has a huge history in Costa Rica and Panama. And to just to meet and sit down with people that, and tell me about their creation stories. And, and I was like, oh my God, like, I'm going to be posting a picture this week of me next to a mural. And I look just like the little girl in the mural. Like, it was just like, wow, like you see you, you find you, you know, and especially us being black and native. You will see you. It's so beautiful to see someone that looks just like you or that under, that has this beautiful um, textured DNA, you know, that's in South America, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, but yeah, you have to, tra traveling, you would, ex it would expand so much in regards to the way that we view each other. For sure. Uh, you didn't know this. However, we do have like, um, I guess, a nice little cult following in Switzerland <laughs> via random statistics. Uh, so when you're wow. talking about Sweden and Switzerland, I was over here like, ooh, like. <laughs> Shout out to like, the people in Switzerland. Right. Shout uh, out to the Sami people. Come on, <laughs> yes. you know. Um, and uh, just like to again that understanding that we all have an indigenous past at some place you know like if you trace yourself back 
uh, you know, you have people who are connected to land uh, in a way that was necessary, you know, yes. uh, before all of this major communication and whatnot. Like you had to thrive off of the land, otherwise you were not surviving, right? Exactly. Uh, so at, exactly. You know, at some point, we all have our 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 ourselves traced back to to connection with earth and land. Uh, so thank you again for even bringing that up too, because uh, that's a, it's so beautiful thinking about just again learning about the people on our land. Uh, and then just the tribal systems or just uh, communal systems of other people and how, uh, you know, through history and what we've seen and, you know, capitalism and settler colonialism and all the things, yeah. uh, how there are so many uh, similarities that that really yeah. do help us to, to connect, really. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You know, your struggle is my struggle. Your victory is mine. You know, let's go get exactly. this. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for being. We can talk to you for forever. <laughs> right, but, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I know your books, right? <laughs> you know, so we just want to thank you for your time and being here. It really was an honor thank to you. have you. So, peace and blessings, and you know, can we'll I can I give a shameless plug? Oh, yes, go off. Okay, so I have um, I have a a gum a CBD gummies called Wanacha. Yes, and it's um, no THC, so go to my website to purchase that. And then I also have my children's books, since we were talking about books the whole time. I have two books. Uh, it's called The Adventure of a Star Song. It's about an, um, a 10-year-old Native American and Black girl that gets superpowers from her ancestors. And so um, mm-hmm. to help her with her daily life. So it's called The Adventure of a Star Song. And then I also have another book called Journey to Peace. And, um, and this week I am dropping my body care line, um, that is all natural with huckleberry and cranberry mm-hmm. and choke cherries and all that stuff in it. And then, um, yeah, so just follow me on queenyanajaha.com, queenyanajaha.com and support all this stuff that I'm doing. I'm doing a lot of stuff, but yeah, that's just some of it. <laughs> I love it. We like a good Huckleberry in the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, yes. that, that's yes. what yes. is. Also, I yeah. do, I like to fill up at my tribes um, on my reservation. I like to fill up the little free library that we have um, with just different books because the representation definitely matters. So I would love to buy multiple books from you if you can. Yes. Um, I'll talk to you later about that. Yes. And um, yes. do you have them on hand or do you, do, or do you go no, through like No, it's a, online. It's on it. Amazon. Oh yeah. You can go to Amazon to get it, but I also have it on lulu.com as well. Cool. All right. Yeah. I'll definitely look yeah. out for that. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll be seeing you definitely a lot, lot more in the future just Yay. based on all your projects. So we are happy to support. And for all you listeners out there, those in Switzerland, you know, copy some some products. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, otherwise, you have you have a good rest of your evening. Don't work too hard, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. So that interview was amazing. That <sighs> was by far definitely one of my favorites. I mean, oh, they're yeah? all my favorites, but she she oh she just like I said, she just has so much life to her, and she yes. has so much going on. It's like yes. I can hang on every every word and she just talks about her experiences like we're just chilling you know what i mean like it's a no no. big deal i'm like wait a minute monumental things you're literally everything she said like you were born in dc when all this stuff was going on the walk was going on and then your mom's just chilling in prison but you're chilling with louis farrakhan like you know (laughs) you know what i mean 
everything. So much so, about it. Uh, even like being all over the place, uh, when she was talking about just her, her knowledge and, and experience in different areas and around different peoples learning, you know, just all the cultural exchange. I was just yeah. like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. And you're talking about it so lightly as if <laughs> yes. it's nothing. And for me, I'm like, this is like a mountain of things. Yes. She's a powerhouse. Uh, and she still has know? so much energy. That's the cool thing. Yeah. It's like, even after the interview, she just still ha- had all this energy to, yeah. you know, tell us about this or ask us about this. And it's like... Your goals. <laughs> right. And how beautiful even for her to open up her heart and share a little bit about her her work through right now, her her triumphing oh try is that a verb? You can't use I'm gonna do it. Her verb, triumphing over uh, you know, uh I forget the specific lung cancer, I can't remember the exact name. She said it oh, earlier. Yes. Um yes. you know, uh and then also uh, with the passing of her mother and uh, just these influential people in her life and everything that she carries and being a mother, which, you know, always blows my mind. Moms are mm-hmm. absolute superheroes. I do not understand <laughs> it. Next level yeah. human beings, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So all of that and, and being so open and sharing it is also just another beautiful nod because it's like, you are such an amazing person mm-hmm. um, to be speaking about all of this with such ease. Yeah. And what's cute, just bringing up the mother thing, is like her son is right there next to her with in a lot right? of things. Like you'll see him speaking at a protest, literally thousands of people, you know, and he has the microphone and he's right next to her. Or so he's no. like drumming. Like it's so cute how, you know, you know, she's doing, I guess, what her mom has done with her and he's very present into what he does or what she does. So I thought that was really cool too. But overall, just just great. It was. It's. It's always good to talk to a fellow Black Native and see mm-hmm. what they got going on. I was definitely interested in how she talked about how her mother made sure she was around Black people and Black culture, learning mm-hmm. about Black and African knowledge, history, all the things. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was really beautiful too, because I I do think about how we've talked about and you've mentioned even just uh, how growing up mixed, how we didn't always necessarily even have people who um, could teach us how to be mixed, how to be biracial, you know, operating mm-hmm. through the world. Uh, and that's no fault to anyone because again, yeah. you know, not their life, not their experience. Uh, and so so her mentioning that was really cool. Um, just because I loved hearing that portion of it and it just really... I, don't know, I guess made me think about like things that I can do in my life moving forward. Uh, you know, really taking the time to to hop into to my history books and to hop into oral histories of people in certain places uh, in order to kind of expose my blind spots and really help me with my weak spots. Mm-hmm. Speaking of jumping into history, your girl oh. is getting through Yellow Wolf. Finally, what? go <laughs> off his own story. I've had it for story? so long. Yep, I've okay. had it for so long. And when I was laid up in the bed, I was sick. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna read me some Yellow Wolf. I'm getting tired of this TV, and so yes. I've been like flying through it. So it's really, really good, and it's really, really awesome to read. And it's like there's so many gems just within his words to where yeah. it's like whether he mentioned someone, it's like. Oh, who is that? Or I've heard of that person or, you know what I mean? So that's what I kind of mean by like all the gems he drops, because it's like as tribal people, it's like, 
you know, we're all connected in some way. So it's like when you hear a certain name that sounds familiar or you drove past the white bird battlefield. Oh, next time I'm going to look out for this Mm -hmm. because he brought this up. You know, there's just so much to it. And I try not to highlight everything, (laughs) but it's, it's a really good book. And I'm excited to kind of I'm excited to finish, not in terms of I'm bored of it, but I'm excited to read. Yeah. what I have left because it's been great so far and it's actually it's a, a really easy read so it's I'm, it's a very easy read I'm mad I'm just now starting but it's been sitting on my shelf for a long time <laughs> you know in its own time everything everything comes into its path or into your path in it in the right time exactly you know? so you're you're getting through it. and what's really cool is uh, it's, you know, it's this moment that you're talking about. You're like, I'm going to just turn off my TV and hop into my book, you know, where mm-hmm. something can sit on your shelf forever. And then when your heart is calling, yeah. that lets you know, like, okay, it really is the time. <laughs> <laughs> is that the call right yeah. there? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, too good. Next uh, yeah. on my list is the autobiography of Malcolm X. My mom, yes. my mom's probably saying, oh, Michaela, right now, because she gave me this book. freshman year of college she literally sent it with me to high school i'm pretty sure and i've always started it but i've never actually finished it i watched the movie 10 times over but i haven't read the book and i have the old alex haley version of the book so i'm like that's that's next on my list i'm coming for you yeah because i don't know isn't it and it really is timing especially when it comes to like your book journey because mm-hmm. like i said you know how i kind of started out with self-development books and went yeah. into business books and then financial books you know it's like you kind of have to be able to have the attention span to get into at least for me to get into like autobiographies mm. or even activism books or something like you mentally have to be right reading some of these books because they're talking about powerful stuff you know yeah. and I don't think back then it would have grabbed my attention but um but for me to even to even start reading about like reading biographies you know, how to get into books first and like self-help yeah. books and all those mental health books is what got me into reading. So now I'm like ready to kind of venture off and get my feet wet in different stuff. But um, I mean, I, I won't ever probably crack open a Harry Potter book or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> if I can learn something, I, I want to read it. So, yes. Um, what are some of the things that are, good. yeah, what are some of the things that are standing out as in Yellow Wolf as far as you are oh. right now? Well, I've been making a different, like different connections and shout out to Mike Sabota in cultural resources department because I worked with him for, wasn't that long. I don't know. I want to say it was like a year because I was still in college, but he was Hanford specific, but he also, he kind of made sure I knew a little bit of everything or if he was curious about something, he would um, have me look something up or he would just randomly spout facts or I'll have one simple question like, Oh, who is this person? Or hey, what's their what's what's their ending name or something like something yeah. super simple? And he okay. would have a whole story of their entire life. And so I really loved working at working at Cultural Resources because it tapped me in into finding out more about my people, you yeah. know. Or he would give me a name. He says, "Find me as much as people as much as you can on this person." And I used to get so frustrated when I couldn't find certain things like people from way, 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 way back when. And all I have is their name. And I'm, and it would frustrate me so much because I'm like, they existed. Why can't I find yeah. any something? Like, they were here. Why can't I find nothing? Or why can I only find who their mom was or something like that? Mm. And so that kind of jerked my attention into just 
our tribal histories. And so with now with reading Yellow Wolf, certain names are jumping out at me that like either Mike either brought up or I had a research and this person was affiliated with this person. So it's like, huh, I remember me reading about this person or I remember hearing this name or even my grandpa talking about Pakatas and bringing home his remains or, you know, it's a lot of stuff or, um, no feet. I don't know if you ever heard of no feet. I don't know what his actual, his, his name is, but I just remember Mike having this huge, you know, portrait of this guy. Like I want to know more about him. And then here I am Mm. reading about it and putting those two connections together. So, um, there's a lot of different things. And, um, I think one of the things so far is just the inaccuracies of his purse history. And he addresses that a lot. He'll say the white man says this, or, you know, if, you know, this is fake, whatever, if you're hearing about it in this way, this is what really happened. Whether it's a battle or a war, um, Fort Misery was a good example. And then learning that, like, Looking Glasses people or band came from, you know, near Soton area. So it's a lot of things. It's yeah. a whole list of things. But yeah. it's really good finding those connections from, like, you know, reading things I didn't think that would I, I would even remember and then putting those connections together with this book and actually hearing it as yellow wolf would have said it you know and mcwarder does a great job with just letting him say what he needs to say like the author he'll he'll put a footnote if he has an opinion you know it's all gonna it's gonna be yellow wolf but he's like oh well what he's referring to is this 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 so he totally lets yellow wolf have his space which I, i definitely respect so um good book not to ramble on about oh, no, how bro, much you're I like the book so far. Don't I'm worry. Not even that far in. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a very good book and I'm definitely enjoying myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for people who don't know, uh, so the book is called <laughs> Yellow Wolf, His Own Story. Uh, and it follows the words of uh, Himine Mox Mox, Yellow Wolf, um, a Nimipu warrior, um, well, just a person really, uh, and also a warrior, uh, throughout the they they talk about um especially they focus in on the events that happened in 1877 um between the US government and Nespers people um with you know the US coming in and forcibly removing us from our homelands uh and a journey that started in eastern Oregon that ended just 20 miles short of the U.S. Canada border in northern Montana, um, as our people were working to flee to the medicine line, um, hoping mm-hmm. to get away from the U.S. into Canada. And uh, what Michaela is talking about is that uh, Yellow Wolf shares his stories. And one of the cool things that really stands out to me is that they talk about the fact that they have two other people there that verify what a person is saying. Uh, mm-hmm. So every story that is shared, uh, every story that Himin Mox Mox Yellow Wolf is talking about, there are at, at least two other people that they try to ensure that are there, um, if not two, maybe one, to corroborate or to make sure that, yes, what he's saying is true, what he's saying is factual. Uh, and so then to have that system set up, and then at the exact same time, like Michaela's talking about, there are footnotes that are added underneath the narrative of the text, which can give you context about maybe what was going on uh, around that time or what was reported by the U.S. government or by the U.S. Army um, to the government, say, for an example, and a battle or a skirmish between 
them and us. Uh, you know, in in the story, Yellow Wolf, you know, says, "Oh, this happened. Nobody was hurt. We lost this. It happened at this area around this time." And then uh, L.V. McWhorter, the author of the book, will add a footnote that also addresses that same incident or that same part of time uh, through different U.S. reports and documents. And you really get to see the way that numbers and uh, it, uh, just things are, are different, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. they're really falsifying and rewriting history, you know, where yeah. it's like, you know, the U.S. document says a thousand of these people did this. And they're like, girl, we didn't even have a thousand. What are you talking mm-hmm. about? Like, you know, yeah. it was me and my five cousins. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, like they want to sit up here and say was this. Like, there you know? wasn't more than 33 of us. Like, you know? he says it, whatever, but I'm like, dang. Yeah. And, and that um, was the other thing I yeah. learned too was Yellow Wolf was like he didn't he didn't that's not his chosen name like that's a nickname like he's like the mm-hmm. white man calls me Yellow Wolf that's not mm-hmm. my my true name so and you get to just learn about him and how you know his his presence and what he kind of his energy um, his build like you really get to yeah. you, know, you learn that in the first few pages and and it kind of puts you there a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of okay well this is what you know he looked like or because it's like he's he's a legend yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know so being able to read about him is pretty cool for sure my family has uh, a very close connection to uh the yellow wolf books there are two of them, and especially this one, there's an image in there of uh, Watolin and Elekniao uh, Tassin, I believe I'm saying that correctly, uh, Many Wounds, uh, Sam Lott. Uh, and so these are, I've talked about my great-grandmother on the show, who's my mom's mom's mom. Uh, and those two men that I just mentioned are her father and her grandfather, so his father. Uh, and so Watolin... Uh, is mentioned throughout the book as a warrior and prophet for the Nespers people. And so you, you hear stories of him in shared in the, in the book. And we also see photos and also uh, Sam Lott, his son, who I spoke of uh, was one of the interpreters who helped, uh, you know, translate things from Nimiputimt into English and from the Nespers language into English for LV McWhorter for the author. So, you know, it, it's really important to our family, this book itself, because uh, I, I felt it as I read it. You know, I've heard the stories of Watolin, and I'm, I'm seeing the actual work of uh, Sam Lott as it's, um, you know, translated into this. And it, what's really cool is that really it is one of the standout texts that speaks from the Nest Purse perspective, whereas everything that I was exposed to or learned prior to that. And even, you know, just the majority of what we see today comes from uh, the outside perspective. I'll just say that uh, to not box it down to a certain type of people yet outside. Uh, And so, yeah, it's really enriching in that way too, that not only is it for the tribe and for our full history yet, um, you know, as a Nest Purse tribal member and being able to, to, identify people in there it really lets you know like these stories are me uh the blood that runs through me comes from these people who have been through these experiences uh mm-hmm. and so kind of like when we talked with amber starks when you get around something else you learn something else you gain a different perspective you often walk a little bit different uh so it's really cool to hear that you're reading through this book because i know that it's, it's monumental for me and my family 
Uh, and it's one that I've read a couple times and I'm sure in my life I'll read a few more times, um, you know, because of all yeah. of that. Yeah, there's two guys that are just like gangsters that I really like so far. And they were just like, and it was kind of, didn't start the war, but in a way it almost did. And it was like, there's these two brothers who were just like, you know what, let's just go kill them all. You know, all the whites, all the whites that are here who are doing bad, let's, you know, we're going to go kill them all. And I think that what... Hopefully I'm saying it correctly because I know their spelling's a little bit off. Not yeah. off, but, you know, kind of It's like hard it's a phonetic spelling. Yeah. So one of them is Wolitits and the other one, it's spelled Sarpsis, but I don't think mm-hmm. that's how it's pronounced. But yeah, I don't know. we don't have Sarpsis, ours. Sarpsis, ilp, ilp. But um, they, those two brothers were just like, hey, you messing with my people, we coming out and we, it's a wrap. <laughs> we're going to come through and um, kill you because you are... Are messing with our people and i'm like those two are gangsters like they need to be right. on i need to make a t-shirt with their Come faces on. on it like you know america's most wanted over here because i'm like that would be me yes nwa we gonna buck yes with like a dope stallion in the back like no for real though and also the other side are like the, the the part of that story too, where again, it's what we're experiencing today. You know, we saw injustice where um, a white settler killed um, one of the young men's father, you know, over a dispute over horses. Um, and it was the wrong person, the Indian agent or the, the supervisor in the area at the time did not serve justice, you know? So again, it was, you know, it was a, a, an innocent killing or an unjustified killing of uh, a brown person in their own homeland um, and the new incoming justice system that, you know, is now pervasive in just all the things today. Uh, <laughs> you know, these were the early starts, you know, people getting literally gunned down and killed um, openly. And then those people not seeing justice, of course, after a certain time, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, get your horse. I got mine. We're going to go tear up shop. Because, you know, obviously justice isn't being served in the way that they keep reporting to us that it will be, you know, clearly the odds are stacked. So, girl, let's go fuck it up, you know, Uh, (laughs) and not to like super deify everything. Yeah, that's just how I talk uh, to me and my homies. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) saddle up. (laughs) No plan. Yeah, you know, you know, to regulate. That's how. That's how we would be in eighteen hundreds. I would, you know, what? I'm gonna get my horse, pull up to to, to Kellen's teepee. Literally singing that method with your hand drum. (laughs) A little regulators round dance. (laughs) Let's go, Kelly. We out. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was a clear black night. A clear white moon. No (laughs) point. Yeah. Oh wait, it was a clear black night. His son took hike hike. Ew, that's the remix. Nimi Poo You know what would be so dope if they made like a Nimi Poo version of The Harder They Fall? Oh, Did you watch The Harder They Fall on Netflix I yet? I have not You yet. need to. Okay, but it's okay, dope okay, because okay, they yes, put yes. like that that music that's like modern music, but they're uh-huh. about to do some real country-ish and like, you know, go shoot something up. I'm yeah. like, bro, if we had that like a Nimi Poo edition <sighs> of Harder They Fall and then have that soundtrack. In the High back. def, slow motion. <laughs> You know, oh, all of they it. They need to make a Quentin. I'm putting this out in the universe. A type of Quentin Tarantino movie where the natives just go, just 
go all out. They attack. <laughs> you know Shut what up. I mean? Oh, uh, we need a film like that. That would be so good. Yes. Uh, as I get slightly uncomfortable, too, because um, low-key, not Quentin Tarantino. Not Quentin Tarantino, but you, I'm trying to give the vibe <laughs> but I know what you're saying, exactly. Say. I was like, ooh, I'm so conflicted you know here. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the Literally. guts and the glory uh, and the Western you know, vibes. Right, of, you know, yeah. Us mountain up and, yeah. you know, shutting down colonization. <laughs> Low key, anyway. I, part of the part of the reason why I can't watch uh, movies around <laughs> slavery and stuff like that is because of Quentin Tarantino. Um, mm. You know, just his long filmography of writing in the N word for the one black character and like a couple white characters to call the black character throughout the movie. Mm. Uh, I saw this uh, debate on Twitter about how Django is like the greatest movie um, a month or two ago. Which, yes, all the things for like reclamation and you know, it's always like fuck white comfort season around these parts right mm-hmm. um at the exact same time i'm like i don't appreciate the fact that so many people are allowed to like say the n-word throughout the movie um because it's like girl do we need all that, that? A lot. Yeah. you know where it just feels like an excuse where it's like oh this person sure you're not saying it directly yet you're saying it you know yeah. uh, there's another one like i think it's like hateful eight or hateful seven and that one makes me so mad because it's just like Samuel L. L. Jackson. Okay, you yeah. Put together Hateful Eight and the Maleficent. And Magnificent Seven, Seven, right? Seven, yeah. <laughs> Ocean Six and <laughs> no one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Weekend at Bernie's Five. Jokes. Uh, moral is, uh, yeah, so it bothers me on that account. Um, and even, even like you were talking about how Roots um, wasn't that bad when you go back and you look at it when you were uh, like, uh, like it doesn't show all the, the terror, you know, it, it leads you up to it. Yet it doesn't have to viscerally show you all the things. Whereas in Quentin Tarantino movies, I am seeing black skinned people being chased down, being brutalized, being forced to murder one another. Um, being eaten by dogs. You know, mm. these are things that my body did not know before this, yet these yeah, are things that are now reality. synthesized and like burned into my brain because of the exploitation of somebody else. And whether these things are true or not, is it really your thing to be putting out there, you know, and, and in this way? So it always feels so exploitative. Um, and again, not to my benefit. Uh, so, you know, not to throw a, a rant on anything. However, <laughs> I was like, no, so conflicted because uh, I get what you're saying. Uh, just not. From... You know what I mean. <laughs> However, yes, I, I guess. Exactly. I'm you trying know, to paint the picture. The FUBU, ver- the FUBU version, uh, the For Us by, <laughs> yep. by us. Uh, yes, thank the, you. The Chitlin Circuit version. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> the Pow Wow Trail. Uh, yeah. uh, no point. Oh, well, come on then. Well, you know, I'm sending you all the best vibes as you keep uh, reading through Yellow Wolf. And I'm excited for your journey into your next books. Uh, I still have the third Obama book sitting on my shelf over here. Touch that one. That Bible of a book. (laughs) I'm like... Before I read three, I want to read two. And before I read two, I better read one. And so, yeah, again, like the third book is literally just sitting there because I, I have not cracked open the first yet. Uh, no, I need to read Michelle's too. Oh, my gosh. I becoming. Love me some Michelle. But, you know, right. I, did, I did watch the, the Netflix Becoming. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, the little book tour. And yeah. well, I don't want to say that little, really the amazing good. book tour. And yeah. Yes. Everything, but, Michelle, um, everything she touches. I'm just like, go yeah, on. Yeah, she's a queen. Right. Literally the queen. She's, it's so funny because when I was a kid, I was like, 
when she was obviously when they were in, in office, <laughs> I would use like the thought of her to motivate me. Like Go when off. I get up in the morning, like would Michelle lay in bed for an extra 10 minutes? <laughs> oh. I need to get up. I need to get this done. Would Michelle not do her homework? No, Michelle wouldn't do that. So it was like always like in high school. So good. She legit was like my role model. I had her like taped up on my wall. Like it was like, be like Michelle. Yes. <laughs> but um, she, she's dope. Period. Come on. Uh, I love that. I want to be like Mish instead. I want to be like Mike. That's everything. I, did okay, you see? Uh, uh, just clicked for me. I got it. <laughs> I did like that movie though. Oh right. A little bow wow. You just don't know don't the know. way you move so fast across, across the, floor, the floor. The way you run through my mind like all the time. I used to love that. Oh. <laughs> all right, come on, you better spin. <laughs> <laughs> you had me going. I had to bust I out my heart and shake. It's one of those songs where you don't think about it like oh. ever, and then you haven't listened to it for decades. And then it comes on and you know every word. Every word. <laughs> Easy days. I'm always like, after that moment happens, I was like, was anybody recording that? Did anybody see? <laughs> like, <laughs> I spit all three verses. I haven't listened to the song in eight years. Come on now. That's something, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, way too often. We watched the uh, Hall of Fame inductees just this past week. And Jay-Z was one of them. And it was so funny because Barack was in part of his film package. And Brock was like, yeah, Jay-Z and I are uh, two men whose wives are famous than both of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that because oh, it's like, yeah, um, when I think of Barack, I'm like, oh, yeah, Michelle. Michelle. You know, um, <laughs> you, you know uh, the Jay-Z world being be husband to Beyonce. without a woman, you know. Come on, James say Brown it again. On that one. Although James Brown was not a nice person, but he knew what he was talking about was, you know, the world wouldn't be nothing without without us. A man yes. would be nothing without us. Girl, all of it. Claim Bun all flip. of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, now I'm going to have to go listen to some James Brown to uh, end my day. It started off with uh, some Robin James busting out Rihanna. And, you like, know. He has this, like, we all have a song that gets, um, get us hype, like, regardless yes. of what's going on. Yes. And, like, ever since I was legit, like, a toddler... Sex Machine by James Brown was always Bro, my song. Oh. Like every time my dad would play it, like no matter where he was in the house or my parents, like and then there's me, like they'd come around the corner and be like, Michaela's Michaela's going off. Like yes. to this day, that song makes me lit. Like I can listen to that song at any time. Yeah. What's your go what's your go-to song? Like what's your what song always makes you turn up regardless of the of the time, the situation? Oh, uh, uh, tricky, tricky question. Yeah, first thing that's just coming to mind, uh, Deja Vu, Beyonce. Uh, mm-hmm, that's a yeah, good one. That song always gets me, uh, and I didn't want it to be necessarily just a Beyonce song. However, that was the first thing that I came to drinking. my mind. Like, I know that song will get me going every time. Uh, yeah. Oh, shoot, that's not even the song. I like, <laughs> I definitely quoted, Faith. like, started singing <laughs> Drunk in Love when it's not the <laughs> same. I was a huge Jay. Let's go get Beyonce em. fan. Yes. In like high school, I, what album was it? the one that's white? Uh her her first Oh, uh I am Sasha Fierce? 
Yes, I think that's what it was. I knew like the whole. That was like the full black and white, album. like mm-hmm. y- yeah, diva. Halo, diva. Halo. Yeah, all of yeah. That. yeah. I like it, practiced yeah. like the single lady song. Like I'd had the whole thing down in high school. Like that was my album. Cool. <laughs> if I were a boy, were my everything. I used to put that on and feel all the hurt so that passionate. she felt. <laughs> you know, and when I, you sing, like, like, again, I did not have a man. <laughs> you <laughs> like, even got a little tear. You could you have just know. been listening to Deja Vu, right? And then, boom, this song comes on, and you turn into a full actress. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! <laughs> you act uh, like you lived this full life as a fifteen-year-old or I'm whatever how old I was. <laughs> <laughs> the one that cracks me up the most was Hey Ladies on the Writings on the Wall, the Destiny Child Writings on the Wall album. Uh, because, you know, the whole song is just about a man doing the women wrong and being like, hey, ladies, why is it that men can go do us wrong? Why is it that we just decide to keep holding on? You know, all these lyrics. Mm-hmm. And here I was, a fresh seventh, eighth grader, and just going through it in the mirror. Sure, they being like, that much older anyway. <laughs> because it's true. Because it's true. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling it. I was like, why do we let these men keep doing this to us? This is a problem. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Such a mess. Oh, yeah, songs. I used to listen to Say My Name when I was like seven or eight years old. (laughs) I'm about to go off on these little boys. I don't even know what the song is really about. But I just knew it was, was, you know, men was doing us dirty. And that's what I had to look forever up, look forward to. <laughs> yes. I remember being personally offended when people were like, bills, bills, bills. These women are just trying to be gold diggers. And I'm like, did you not listen to the lyrics? Like, she's mm-hmm. saying that she's been holding all this stuff down and this man has been doing these things. He's been, you know, using her funds and just using her cell phone and her car and not replenishing nothing, not even saying thank you. Like, mm-hmm. a simple question. And then uh, you got Scrubs. And TLC <laughs> makes their way Ew. in. <laughs> yes. Nobody's safe. <laughs> I knew all the words to Scrubs. All of it. That was totally... And it's funny because I was, like, young. Like, I was legit in... That was 99, 2000, school. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you were young, it's crazy young. crazy how many songs... Like, how much, how much memories we have of songs when we were, like, kids. Like, I, all of yes. those connections... I love the soundtrack to life, you know, where you're like, you hear a song, you're like, oh, this was m- this part of my life, you know. And I thought then you were talking about the a- movie Life, and I'm like, oh. here we go with another reference. I don't know. <laughs> no. Have you seen that movie, though? It's really good. I think <laughs> yes. It's my dad's favorite movie. It's oh. with Martin Lawrence, Martin Lawrence and, Eddie, and Eddie, yeah, Murphy. Eddie Murphy. And, you know, all of the black comedians and comics and actors. Yeah, Bernie Mac. Tons. I uh, think Bernie Mac's in it, yeah. Yes. Uh, you, no, he's not you going to eat your cornbread, uh... Uh, I'd pappy. Uh, I believe. I don't, don't even try to quote me. Okay, like, my bad. Don't even try to connect <laughs> Somebody else out there on got that. One. I've seen it like <laughs> once. <laughs> I'd pappy. Uh, anyways, no, not the soundtrack to that song. Like the soundtrack to our actual lives. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember walking the halls in sixth grade, and that's when yeah, No Scrubs came out. Um, in that whole the whole uh, fan mail album. Uh, you know, so that just being like. Every time I hear that song or anything like that, it brings me back to that part of my life. I'm like, oh, I, I so love it. Uh, anyways. At some point, we need to do like a whole like music episode. <sighs> Maybe that will reveal some things. Like, okay, Michaela's a little Ooh. messed up in the head because... I'm just kidding. 
because now I'm excited. Maybe her views are a little off because of what she listened to. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Judging off of a a music choice? I really listen to nothing crazy. I really don't have no music. We probably have the same, if not very similar, music choices. Although the one thing... Only I think the only white people I really listened to growing up was like NSYNC. I had this phase of NSYNC, yes. Backstreet Boys, and Britney Spears. I had the Buff. cassette tape. And ah. that was the only time, yeah, and I would play it. And then I found Blackstreet. Street. <laughs> 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 Backstreet, I found Blackstreet. And you yep. got Just kidding. <laughs> that always like t- tripped me out, even in the day when it was like Backstreet and Blackstreet. It was like, oh, they're so close. Uh, just in the name alone. <laughs> Uh, yes, all of that. I always like judged myself on my music choices because I would flip through my CDs, you know, when we finally got to the CD era. Uh, and I was always slightly embarrassed. You know how you used to like share your CD book with somebody else was. and you would like flip through like, oh, let me see your CDs. Right. Uh, and mine were like all women. It was like <laughs> Mariah Carey and Whitney and J-Lo oh, and Destiny's Child and yeah. TLC. It was just like. A bunch of women, and I was just always like, my bad, y'all, being around, like, people who had, like, other things uh, that weren't just, like, Put a bunch of, like... Pac or <laughs> You know, <laughs> they exactly. They that, but you got Whitney instead. Right. When my cousins, like, they have, like, their full, like, Dre discography, DMX, mm-hmm. you know, a couple Snoop tracks in there, and whatever, or, like, albums, and... Or my uncles with like all their cute sweat and LL Cool J and mm. you know and I'm just like I got all my divas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like halfway shamed out so much so that I literally I got shamed out one time because I had uh, my two Spice Girl CDs mm. uh, and this kid at summer camp was like Why do you have Spice Girl CDs? And I was like Oh, I'm just holding them for my friend because I felt the 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 judgment mm-hmm. uh, and you know me being just an impressionable little twelve year old I was like you know in order to get along with these kids for the rest of the week, I can't be listening to Spice Girls. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually physically took my two Spice Girls CDs out of my CD case and left them um, at the place that we were staying at. Um, no. So over the, I, I, I ditched them. Wow. You know how heartbreaking that was. That so, sounds yeah. heartbreaking. <laughs> right? It's a little sad. Right? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it was actually low-key kind of like halfway empowering in my, you know, when streaming came out. And I was like, you know, I'm going to download these albums and I'm going to listen to them all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had my Spice Girls phase too. Um, yeah, you know, I got shamed out uh, about them, which, you know, those are just <laughs> random. Now we know. Now random we know. stories. Now you Ugh. know that to, 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 to never do that again. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, not to be shamed out, to just stand up in whatever truth that is. So, yeah, if you got your Sarah McLaughlin, if you got your Alanis Morissette, if you got your Bjork or whatever it is, there ain't no shame. I don't know anybody Uh, who just. (laughs) I just tried to think of like names. Uh, I had like, I used to, I used to love, and it's crazy because now I don't know anything, but like. People who know me know me, which aren't a lot of people. Like, <laughs> I, like, loved music to where I would make... Oh, no, no. Yeah, there are people. There's more than enough people who know me. <laughs> I used to make mixtapes for people, oh, for all my friends. And okay. so, um, shout out to Selena and Tori, because I think they still have the mixtapes I made made for them in, like, middle school. Yes, and Five Thunders. Your girl, yes. Come on. And your girl is a creative. So every time, so I'd get the burnt. So first, you know, I had the LimeWire. Had, I used to buy a stack of the blank CDs from Walmart. 
a nice pack of Sharpies. Boy. And so I'd make them little mixtapes or mix CDs, I guess, technically. And then I would draw on the the CD like it was like an actual, like you bought it from the store. Like I would, like, would draw designs on, and they all had, I named every mixtape. And then, um, and then like my CD case, I had like a big rectangle or I don't know, square, like the big ones that mm-hmm. hold like four to one page. Yes. And yes. I had all of like, I had them all categorized. So you had like gospel first, then you had R and B and then you had hip hop. And then I think that was kind of it. And then I, pu- I would put the, the covers of the actual CD cases it in front of the CDs in the pocket. So like I had everything sorted out. So like Go I used to do, off. I used to love music and like even riding on the bus, I'm like, I'm going to turn this up a little louder so people can hear what I'm listening to. And sometimes I'd be blasting gospel. And then sometimes I might be blasting big. Like, <laughs> like you were going to hear what I was listening to on the bus. And then <laughs> um, that was the only thing that like made me cool. Cause like I had really new music. <laughs> and then all the way up to college, like I, was a DJ like for a radio station. And it did, even though it was like from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., mind your business, I still had a spot. Like, oh, ah. Three <laughs> but, hours um, though, I'm saying. Yeah. So I used to love music. Like I was very a part of like the hip hop culture kind of back then too. Damn. So yeah. I I liked music. And then now I don't know anything you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. I have any reference. <laughs> what you talking about? Screaming. Oh. Oh, that's Crazy hilarious. transformation. Funny how life works. <laughs> right. Uh, it comes and goes. You know, it's it in does. waves. Who knows? This is this is one part of the wave, and who knows where you'll be? You know, maybe you'll but be I mean, that's what, like, on the front lines you. of the next. You know what I mean? Era. Like it's the little interest that you have growing up and things yep. that you're passionate about, like. All of that kind of accumulates into where you are and why you are yes. here right now. So it's kind of dope. I don't think I've ever sat down and like looked back on my childhood the way I have in this episode <laughs> in a long time. But um, good memories. All good memories. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to have to try to find some... Uh some references from your childhood share a screen or something maybe share an old photo and just like try to see what your reaction is uh get some more reflection on your childhood because this was brilliant (laughs) yeah i used to love the movie brown sugar and you know when she's like Uh, don't you fall in love with hip-hop i have those moments (laughs) got it got it and i think i don't know if i ever said it but it's like i had that moment to where i like was like oh i i really like I love black people. It was like <laughs> I was I was uh, leaving school and I always went to after school program. Okay. And this is when I lived in White Plains, New York. And so my parents would always would constantly be working. And so we got done with I got done with school and you would take this short bus to <laughs> no no shade to my yep. mental capacity ca- capacity <laughs> as I stutter on that word. <laughs> okay. I wasn't riding the short bus for that reason. But anyway, they would take us to the after school. So everyone program. can hear your music better. No play. <laughs> <laughs> they would so this guy would come, the the bus driver, he was like this big black man. And he was, like, goofy at the same time. So, like, but he was older. But when you looked at him, you would have thought he was, like, super intimidating. Like, you don't want to fall out of line. 
Okay. When he would bring us to pick us up from school to go to the after school program, he would drive like normal. Then we would hit this curve that kind of comes downhill, kind of uh-huh. like the say, all right, we're safe. He would put on Dougie Fresh, let me clear your throat. And like everybody started rocking the bus all the way down the hill. And we would do that every time he would pick us up. And I'm like, and it was like all of the black kids mostly. Go go, and then you have the white kids who were just awkwardly sitting there. But it's like, <laughs> then we're all just shaking. And I just remember looking up like, these are my people. <laughs> these, this is what I like. This is, this, is what I, this is where we're going. Ever since then, like, music was a game changer for me. So that Yay. goes to show a lot, too. Like, my mom was always into, like, hip-hop, Eric B. Rakim, um, Prince, obviously. She loves her some Prince, but... Yeah. Um, Dougie Fresh, all of that. So I listened to, like, Queen Latifah, MC Light, um, all of that growing up. Like, that's just what I was interested in. And then my dad was, like, the soul. He listened to soul. But, um, yeah, music is always... It's, 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 it's a, it gives you a fuzzy feeling when you think yeah. about music. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what it is about Native Moms and Prince. I feel like My it's a thing. My mom is a die-hard you know, princess. She went same. to Paisley Park for her birthday. She's like, I, I don't know what saying. y'all doing, but I'm buying me a ticket. You can come <laughs> or you don't have to. So I'm like, all right, you know, you're not going to Minneapolis by yourself. I will meet you there. So we, I got there, and I didn't get a ticket and all that to get into Paisley Park. I'm like, I'm not that hard up. Like, you go. I'll drop you off, and I'll pick you up. So I go to pick her up, and there's these two ladies one of them is fully dressed in purple, like fully, completely head from head to, to toe. toe. She has little feathers on her head. She okay. had a purple hat, a purple dress, purple pumps, purple leggings, purple lipstick, purple nails. Dang. <laughs> and what were they referring to? I think it was Purple Rain. And they referenced something, and you know, your girl's not good with the references. And so I was like, you know what? I haven't seen that movie. Oh, Lord, you would have thought I just <sighs> shot up the building, you know, or something. Like, they, <gasps> yeah. I was disowned immediately. <laughs> Get off the premises now. <laughs> we got a 2319. Get her out of Paisley Park. She don't deserve to be they, here. They, like, scanned your license plate. We're like, nope, we, no more. Yes. And I was like, Lord, I am not messing with any Prince fans because uh, you guys go way too hard. But, um, but, yeah, so we went to, like, every spot that was in the movie. Like, we went to the house. Like, she's a huge Purple Rain fan. Or Purple Rain. Well, that too, but Prince yes. fan. Yes. And then my dad's fan of Michael Jackson. So, I mean, those two are like opposites, but, you know, he's a huge Michael Jackson fan. So you had like the real life beat it music video in your home. No, I'm playing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where to take that. I know. Me either. I was like, well, as I said it. that was a domestic violence. (laughs) (laughs) Never. No. Oh, my gosh. Not even. I know that's what I was like. (laughs) I know that's what I was like. Wait, let me be very clear about this. uh, Because, you know, words. Yeah. Got to be careful with your words, Kellen. Uh, Let's be clear now. Uh, Right. Exactly. Because I could be taken so many ways. Well, just, you know, the backstory, I guess, of Michael and Prince back in that time. uh, The possible collaboration on B it uh and how prince was like no thank you yeah, i don't um, know that much uh, i know they didn't like each other but that was all i remember yeah they, <laughs> they were yeah very, they were supposed they, to I clap on that song their respects for each other in terms of artistry but otherwise they weren't messing with each other you know so yeah mm-hmm. that exactly so it's so like oh okay i get it <laughs> yeah. now don't play like uh, <laughs> uh jokes that horrible that one. Uh, well, not even a joke. Too. It was mostly a reference. Yeah, whatever. No, you're Don't okay. Listen. I was just Don't listen to me. <laughs> now I'm also conscious. I'm like, gosh darn it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my little childhood of music. 
Uh, yeah, well, I, I am excited for this uh, music uh, dive in again. I don't oh, know. Now, we we, now like, you're maybe, holding me to my words. Yeah, maybe now we I, really, like, through the I years. just gave you my whole story. Just yeah. chop that up and put it in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it's like a, a, we go through a couple years. I don't know, like the 90s and the early 2000s. Like pick a song from each year. Mm-hmm. Um, it would come through and be like, Ooh, oh, this is should. my song for that year. That's you know, that would be research. fun. Yeah. Uh, Your girl, I literally used to like write raps. Like I legit oh, wanted to on. be a rapper growing up. Like, you still legit, have them? Like, I wanted to, I don't even know. I'd have to find them. I never throw anything away that like <sighs> I like any mate, like that I make. But yeah, yeah, I legit yeah. would have a composition notebook and I would legit write raps. And I was like, I'm going to be a rapper when I grow up. Yeah. You know. Unfortunately, here I am. You still got growing to do. You still got growing to, to do. I'm not trying to be a rapper. No. Okay. Well, it may be off your table. However, you know, I'll scoop up the leftovers and I'll put them on my table because, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold these for you. I'm going to hold this plate for you. Uh, just in Man. case. Uh, yeah. No, a, I'm just playing. That was a goal for me. You know, dreams. Just dreams. Well, well I, you know, I would definitely love to, to shake bars. a little something to to some Michaela T uh, or whatever the alter ego, whatever the persona is. I don't. Uh, I, well, my cousin used to call me Mick G. So okay. I always call myself Mick G. Yeah. As in like gangster? No, like because my middle name's Grace. So I'm uh, Kayla Grace, uh, but she, this is, she would say Mick G. Get very me few people call me that. It's very rare, but you'll out here. Sometimes, but that was like I'm like, all right, that's gonna be my rap name. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was a kid, that's what I would like put like put in my notebook, like when I was done writing a rap. <laughs> yes, is it M I K slash G? Yeah, or dash G? Dash G. <laughs> I got a dash on. I live. Oh, oh man, so good. I'm a little embarrassed of this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get you like a, a Mick G uh, hoodie, matching no? hat, matching chain. <laughs> I'll take the chain. <laughs> Your girl needs help with her drip. <laughs> Perfect. I'm so excited. Oh man, oh, too good. Okay, well we have an idea. Hopefully it comes into fruition. Cause yeah, again that would be some fun and possibly look at it'd be like two little playlists right there. We're uh, gonna we, we could and then we can put it like Kellen's playlist. A little Kayla's interactive playlist. thing. And then, you know, put that you know, on our page. Right. Ideas. Ideas are... We're innovating right now, and you guys are a witness to this. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so we should probably get along. out of here. I talked way too much about I don't even know what. Like, sorry, y'all. I was very <laughs> random in our discussions tonight. <laughs> and thank you we for doing so. We had this great so. speaker, and then Michaela just... <laughs> Never People that. Cut out Twenty minutes ago, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fun hopscotch game. Every time we hop on, it's like, all right, it is, it you really know, is. it's like we're gonna figure out where we're going. We're jumping, we're, we're hopping. Oh, we got to take a little twist, a little turn here. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's fun, regardless. So, thank you so much for all of the randomness and Gosh. the rants. Thank you for You're putting amazing. up for putting up with me. What is this episode 20, 25, 26? 25. This is our quarter. Yeah, quarter. Wow. Yeah, dang. Well, happy kudos quarter. to you for listening to me for so long. I don't think anyone ever has. <laughs> They're like, this is my first episode. I don't listen to myself this much. No, I cut myself off. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> so you're a real one for actually listen, listening to me because I don't even listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so good. All right. Well, until next time. 
Until next time. We want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com, and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shout-outs to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there. Know that you're a boss and drink plenty of water. Kotskiya pihechnu. See you next time.